wake up, it's morning You're dreaming up a story I can hear The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance And a holy roll of light Pouring through your window And I'm happy Okay, <clears throat> I guess I got that figured out <clears throat> Having some trouble with Facebook tonight um, so we had this posted earlier today, and it was supposed to come out at 10 o'clock, but when we tried Facebook's new interface, for some reason it wasn't working, so I messed around with that for about 10 minutes. Anyway, uh, we're live now, and I wanted to do something a little different. You know, when I get home from work... Well, first of all, let me back up. Coming home from work is totally different than it was uh, two weeks ago. You know, two weeks ago, we were all kind of stuck in a clock. Things sort of ticked along as we were used to. You know, you had your routine every day. But as the news about COVID-19 has been coming out, and it seems like day by day something new rolls through the social media feeds, it sort of becomes... Uh, all-consuming <clears throat> especially I guess if you have people in your life that you care for and that you're worried about you know for me <clears throat> I've got obviously my immediate family and then my my mother and my sisters and their children and you know I have my grandchild now and so you can't help but think about all of those things it's very easy to sort of step outside of yourself during those times and I guess that's what's really always been very important for me is thinking about other people. <clears throat> you know, I always try to keep my mind and my heart on other people, which is part of why I'm sitting here tonight, you know, back to the original point. As I get home and I, I get through, you know, the evening where I'm spending time with my kids, spend some time with my wife, a little, a little downtime, uh... Late at night, I just sort of I love I sort of get on my phone like a lot of us do, and I, I like to connect with the people that I really do consider my friends online. Especially since starting Find the Good News, there's so many people that um, I've met that I just didn't know before. It's given me an opportunity to really create a, a larger network, but also a more intentional network of good people. And I won't always say that we all have the exact same opinions. Uh, that's kind of what I think is beautiful about it. <clears throat> Everyone has different opinions. Everyone's coming at this world from a different direction. They're bringing their own stuff to the table. They're called to do different things. And uh, it's just been a good experience for me. So I get home and I connect with these folks, but the last few days what I've really noticed is uh, how many people, when they talk about their situation, they're just kind of shut in right now. You know, it's kind of scary out there. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've always been kind of a uh, a paranoid person. <clears throat> I don't mean paranoid like I have bats in my brain, but I, I do have all these fears. I've been that way since I was a kid. Like, really always worried uh, about these structures, you know. Is uh, is everything going to be okay? Well, what happens if this thing stops or, or this other thing falls apart? And I was always really able to see the domino effect, and I don't know why that is. So when something like this happens... <clears throat> and uh, it's not the same for me as it was, say, like a hurricane 
or even like what you know the fears back in Y2K. I mean, I kind of chuckle about that now, but that kind of stuff worked on me. And then you know, 2012 when all that stuff was going on, I always had in the back of my mind, not that I would play into these these apocalyptic sort of fantasies, but I guess what I mean to say is I was able to see how fragile things are. And how, and how just fear alone makes people kind of lose it. And you can see that with the toilet paper run stuff that's been going on. I mean, it, I heard someone say, you know, if we just all bought what we would regularly buy, everything would be fine. But we panic and we fear, and so fear causes us to do these things. Anyway, all of that said, I realize there's so many people that are really operating out of fear right now. And uh, maybe feel a little bit alone, and I felt alone before. And so I started thinking back to all those times when I was younger and how I felt alone. And the thing that always took my, my mind off of being alone was just having good people around in the evening to go have a cup of coffee with. I had some really good, I was blessed to have some really good friends in high school and junior high but really in high school I had a really good close group of friends and I swear we were inseparable and we spent so many evenings around diner tables over hot coffee and breakfast and, and just talking for hours and hours and hours and I, I really think back on those times and I I know it's strange but when I sit down with somebody to record for find the good news no matter who they are I mean a lot of you that have been on the show that's the first time I've ever met you and the rapport we have is so immediate and I think some of that comes because from uh, my enthusiasm to be quite honest with you I'm very I feel enthusiastic with each person that comes in I don't think there's ever been anybody who's come in where I just didn't want to get to know them <clears throat> and it doesn't take five minutes for us to start talking at that table for me to want to dive off a cliff so as a uh, as you know, being someone that loves conversation, uh, we have this Facebook Live tool, and I thought, what a great way to reach out to folks. I'll get some of these folks that maybe I've not got to meet before. Maybe I can answer some questions that uh, I haven't been asked before, because you know, when I'm doing the show, I'm typically in the role of the curious observer, and I'm the one that's asking the questions. So. You know, tonight I'm hoping that I can get you guys to engage me a little bit and we can have a little back and forth and maybe you can meet some new people too in the thread. Um, I see where we've got Rusty, Chase, my mom's in there. I see Lisa, she's an upcoming guest. Hey Lisa and Lyle, Chef Lyle, uh, y'all have all been on the show so that's great and I know my mom listens to the show and, and Lisa, you listen to the show I believe as well and you've had some uh, recommendations so thank y'all all for tuning in. One thing that uh, I wanted to talk about was this little mug right here. You know, everybody that's been on the show, you've gotten one of these, or you should have gotten one of these, and that's always the last question on the show. You know, we do the fishbowl, if you're familiar with the show. Now, Chef Lyle, you were on the live live show, so you wouldn't do the fishbowl, but on our regular show, at the end, we do a section called Fishing for Goodies, and that, that's got the, the beautiful fishbowl with all the stickers in there, and there's just so many wonderful questions in that bowl. I haven't read every single question that's in there, so a lot of times what's drawn out is a surprise for me, and to be honest, there's times where I feel like I was the one who... Uh, 
wishing that I was the one who would get to ask answer the question because some of those questions really get me thinking whenever I listen to a guest uh, answer those questions. But on the back of the mug, after we do the fishbowl, on the back of the mug, I always uh, end the show by saying there's one last question. It's on the back of this mug. And so if you, you know, I'm pointing at it right here, that's the back side. It says, did anything good happen today? Um, if you listen to the show, then you know the story. I started realizing that I was framing my children's day and my day in a negative way when I would come home and just say, did anything happen today? How was your day? And while I don't want to ignore the bad in the world, I also don't want to stay there. You know, I think it's great to talk about, to be honest about life okay I mean I am definitely not rainbows and sunshine I think you have to look at things as they are but I also know that when we look at things as they are and they're dark we can stay on that it's like a little a trench that gets cut you know the more we walk like you walk a path through the woods I mean if you're walking a trail through the woods you wear that path down and you know years go by and then that's the trail and you don't deviate from the trail and everybody walks on the trail Negativity is very much the same way. <clears throat> if you keep walking down that path, you know, at first it just feels like you're you're walking, okay, and it just becomes normal. But before long, you've worn all the grass away, and then everybody's walking through that trail. And you can do the same thing with positivity, but it's so easy to fall into negativity. So I'd come home and ask that question, did anything good happen today? I changed it. I didn't say anything. What happened today? How was your day? Because if you say, how was your day? That leaves it open to good and bad. And I know, I just know, most of us are going to lean towards, oh, or at least let me just say that I'll lean towards it. I was doing it. Oh, this happened today. And I was such and such called today. And I had this problem to deal with and that problem to deal with. And then this other thing in my personal life didn't go right. And then it was this. And then, you know, before long, I've spent 30 minutes complaining. And then there I am, walking through the woods of my own mind, making a little trail, you know. Years years go by, and then before long, there it is. It's stuck. It's there permanently, and somebody's pouring pavement on it, and it's just this road of negativity in my life. So by changing that one word, did anything good happen today, I, I could see it on my kids' faces, really. There was like a pause, like, oh, well, I haven't really thought of it from that angle before. And I'm telling you, it actually did change things. It was There's no lie. My oldest son, for sure, will come up to me now before I can even ask the question and, go, and just say, I had a really good day today. And he'll just go through the good stuff first. Yeah, there will be some times where there's something, I guess, that would be considered negative that needs to be talked about. But that's not his knee-jerk reaction. And look, I'm going to tell you, I've been there where that knee-jerk reaction just takes you there every time. And that's a terrible way to live. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm free of it either. But building this new practice in of trying to find the good in each day, or, or just like the whole point of the show, trying to find the good news in the world, it's actually exercise. <clears throat> it's mental exercise. It's emotional exercise. It's spiritual exercise have to do it all the time never stops <clears throat> and I fail all the time too but I have found that I'm getting better and better even if I do start walking down that little trail of negativity I can get off of it or at least stop and go whoa 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 where am I going with this 
And then I've even asked sometimes, do you want to hear this? Because I think it's okay to acknowledge negative things or bad things or hurtful things. I mean, we don't want to pretend because then you're just burying things and that's, that's no good. It just grows in the dark like moss. Anyway, all that being said, I don't want to live like that anymore. And that's the whole point of the show. I know there's a lot of other people out there that don't want to live like that. And so, obviously, if you're here, you guys must not want to live like that, too. Hey, Kyle, I see you there. I love you, too, brother. Thanks for popping in. Um, so I'm going to start off by asking myself this question. Did anything good happen today? And knowing that I was going to be talking about that on this show, I actually went, whoa, this isn't as easy. Even as somebody I can, you know, self-professed practitioner of this find the good, uh, I still had to take a second and go, okay, count your blessings. What are they today? And it was, first of all, just the basic stuff. I got to get up this morning in safety. Even with all that's going on in the world, I got to get up under shelter in a bed with people I love, people that love me back. I got to put on clean clothes. <clears throat> I got to walk into the kitchen and and go do the little routine that I like to do, which is coffee and ice, ice water while I wait for it to brew. And when the coffee's brewed, I go sit and I get to meditate, whether it's 10 minutes or 25 minutes. I, and it, I try to do 25 minutes, but if I can't do 25, I'll do 10. And then I got to soak in a hot bath. I mean, what a luxury is that? Such a first world thing. I mean, just to soak in a hot bath before anybody's up in the whole world. Everybody's still asleep. It's just totally quiet time. And then I got to go to a job. And right now, that's such a blessing to have a job. And that doesn't mean that things haven't changed. I mean, things have changed for us drastically in the, in the last week, last few days, or even day. And we're going to have to make some difficult decisions like a lot of people probably are having to make right now. <clears throat> but we're going to make them, and we're going to make them in love, and we're going to make them considering other people and what's the best thing we can do for other people and, uh, and our people too. And isn't that beautiful? Other people should be our people, right? That's, that's something beautiful to think about. Other people should be our people. Now, I won't go down that trail yet, but... That's just the beginning of the day. So I get to go to this job, and even with all this fear in the world and you know this economic crisis and this uh, <clears throat> contagion, I got an email with a new job. Is it the biggest job? No, but it's a job. That means new work is coming in. It hasn't dried up, because it could. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, I'm getting new work, you know? And that's good. That means people aren't completely afraid. Because I work in sort of a, I work in communications, but ultimately it's a creative field and it's a communications field in, in marketing and advertising. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, it's sort of a vanity, a vanity industry. We're, we're making messages look good. We're making brands look good. We're putting a skin around what could otherwise be very rough communications. We're tweaking words to make, make them smoother, more palatable. We do that all the time, which, as a side note, is part of what I love about the podcast is I, 
I don't have to be smooth all the time. I can just be free from the constraints of these tailored communications. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, our industry could be completely just shut out right now. They could just turn the lights off and go, you're done. You're done, son. Figure it out. And I mean, I guess that's what I'd have to do. And that may yet still be down the road. But I can't think about that, right? That's that's that bad trail. You can catastrophize that stuff and build that reality for yourself. Doesn't mean things won't come or adversity won't come. But I could build that reality for myself and just walk right into it. Put on those clothes and live that life. So anyway, those are some of my blessings. And then, you know, I have my day. So I'll skip over the other blessings of the day and get home. When I get home, my wife says, hey, I've talked to the boys and we all want to sit and meditate together tonight. Start the evening that way. Just a five or ten minute thing. Now, I had been thinking about that. She doesn't know this. <clears throat> but a couple of weeks ago, she asked me if there was anything that she could do for me that was sweet and tender every day to let me know that she loves me. How nice is that? And you know the sad thing? I mean, and this is just old wiring in my head. <clears throat> I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> couldn't think of a damn thing. Like, be sweet? To, for me? Just for me? You want to give me... You want to give me something to let me know that you love me every day. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to need... I'm going to need some time on that. I mean, I was just honest with her. I was like, this isn't an easy thing to answer for me. And that's really actually kind of sad. The more I thought about it, the more I realized how freaking sad is that. Uh, I, too, just like everybody else, get caught up in this routine of going that I never stop and think, well, what would actually mean that somebody loves me? My wife. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought about it and thought about it while well, I had been thinking about it for a couple of weeks and then of course this whole COVID-19 thing just starts escalating day by day and I forget to tell her. I wrote it down and forgot to tell her. Just got so caught up in trying to take care of people <clears throat> and take care of things at work that I just didn't tell her. Oddly enough though, she must have intuited it because she brought it up when I got home and I hadn't told her. And so tonight, we got to sit down in the living room, Michelle, Jonah, Evan, and I. We lit these oil lamps that we all have, that they're new, they're special. I gave, got one for everybody so they'd have something for their own private prayer time. Just a, a simple oil lamp that they can light for their time. But we brought all those lamps into the same room. We sat down on our meditation cushions, and we did five minutes of guided meditation. I'm not really one to do guided meditation too often uh mostly i i, I chant, chant mantras or uh, just sink into silence and let my thoughts kind of clear out <clears throat> but and pray really but yeah we did the guided meditation it was really nice it was nice to do all do that together that was some really good stuff today and i guess you know in between all of those good things sure there was some bad stuff, and I could probably sit here and do a whole video about that. But I know what happens. That stuff is poison. That stuff is so insidious. You know, and you, you start talking, and it gets a taste in your mouth. And honestly, I tell you the truth, as I get older, 
I mean, I'm 45. I'm not ancient. But I mean, I can feel it changing me. You know, the stress of the world, the stress of the clock changes you, changes your body. Uh, stress levels go up. I don't like any of those feelings. Blood pressure is higher. I want to do the opposite of that stuff. <clears throat> but also want to do it in a realistic way. Part of that's just counting my blessings. That's really all this show is about. What's going on in the world that's good? And just spending some time there instead of with the things that are obviously tough and hard. So tonight, I guess I want to flip that question back on you. I know you guys can't communicate with me verbally, but I can see your messages in the feed there. And we got a, we got a pretty good group right here now. Um, hey, guys, I see uh, Kim Brignax in there, Justin, Janet. Hey, how you doing? Um... So what good happened for you today? Have you counted your blessings today? Is there anything on your heart or on your mind? Anything you're worried about? Anything you just want to talk about? That's the whole point of this, right? Is that people need to know they're not alone. It's okay to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Get it out. Give it some air. Put some sunlight on it. That's, that's one thing that I was really terrible at doing for a long time was putting light on dark things. You know, I kind of learned to zip that stuff up and crush that stuff down and just sort of grind on through. <clears throat> and all that was doing was making me hard, you know? I'll tell you a story. Uh, the other day, well, let me back up. I think some people might think I'm abrasive because I've learned to tell the truth. I try to tell it, tell the truth and not be abrasive but I want to be just plain honest not hurtful but just honest just the plain truth and also be honest about an opinion I may have <clears throat> and just put it out there it does not meant to make someone angry it's just meant to be and we all have them and one of one of my big opinions is that uh, I think we're we make the world a hard place uh, I think we don't have to. The world doesn't have to be a hard place. We've made it hard by being hard. I know there are loving people out there. I meet a lot of them on this show. I mean, I've had 90 conversations with loving people on this show. But the reality is it's still hard out there. So that means there's a lot of hard folks. So there's this perspective out there that you have to toughen people up. And I don't really subscribe to that. I don't think being tough and being resilient are the same thing um, I think we need resilience for sure when things get hard but I don't know that I would equate that with the way the word tough is being used in some of the contexts that I some of the conversations that I've been involved in and so the other day I was talking to a dad we were both pumping gas and I was talking to a father and you know, he's telling me he was taking his kids to do something with, you know, some an organization that they were involved in, and and some of the activities they were doing, and and something he said to me just it just triggered me to be honest with you. He said, "Yeah, this is a good group. You know, you get with it's a it's really more men involved in it, and that's good for the boys because we can get them away from their mamas so they can quit tattooing them." And you know, my instant reaction was, "Well, that depends on the daddy." or the mama right and he's like yeah but you know what I mean 
And that's when that whole boys club stuff starts to begin. And I know a lot of men go through this. I'm just not one of them. I've never really subscribed to it. <clears throat> and I was like, no, I don't think I do really fully know what you mean. <laughs> and he told me, he said, well, you know, he said, we just got to get the, the boys are soft these days. We got to toughen them up. And that's when I told him, I said, well, I said, you know, we make them tough and we make them hard. And then they go out into the world and they're just hard men. And he said, "Well, it's a hard world." And I said, "Well, it's a hard world, you know, because we have we put hard men into it." And he said, "Yeah, but I know hard men with tender hearts." <laughs> and we were just in this sort of cycle of almost like uh, back and forth about who was going to outdo each other uh, poetically <laughs> about hard men, you know, with tender hearts and all this stuff. And I finally, I think, I just couldn't find a way out so I said well you know I said some people don't that that may be true but it's not always the case it's just not always the case and I've met hard people I was a hard person I've been hard and uh, I just don't want to greet the world with a balled up fist Matt's that's the truth there's no there's no reason for that just go out there everybody's got their fists balled up everybody's got a black eye you know, one time I heard a story. He said, you know, you can hold a quarter two ways. And uh, he put a quarter in a guy's hand. <clears throat> and he took his hand and he said, now turn your hand over like this. And he said, now you've got to keep your fist closed to hold on to that quarter. Just like this. And he said, now turn your hand open and you can open it like that. And he said, now you're lifting it up. And I was like, boy, that was such a great illustration for me. The two ways that we can hold on to each other. And we can hold on to each other like this, so we can hold on to our old ways like this, or we can cradle each other, you know. And I, I realize I would rather rather cradle somebody, I'd rather cradle my kids, I'd rather cradle you guys, you know, anybody I meet. I don't want to greet them with a balled up fist and my own fingernails digging into the, the meat of my hand. So anyway, uh... I'm going to go on and on until somebody tells me what good's happened in their life today. There's a bunch of you in there, and I know one of you's had something good happen. Did anybody have a blessing today? Mal, oh, come on. No? Well, <clears throat> did anybody have a chance to listen to the new episode that came out this week? It was a really fun time. I got to talk to Trip Wamsley. I'd never met Trip before. He, uh,. He was wild, man. He came in the office, and I didn't know what to expect. You know, he looks like he looks like a mad scientist in some of his uh, pictures. If you look at the title card for this last episode, you, you'll see that he just—he's like a wild-eyed, like Doc Brown, you know. And if you take that, if you've never met him, and maybe you have—I had never met him before—you take that and you imprint it with the guy that's in the conversation, and it just all comes together. He—he he tells the story about how he got into music in general and I just love the the little details that he would put in there um, it was really fantastic and he just would jump all over the place and he had to make all these voices and characters he would use little phrases I'd never heard before and I honestly I smiled the whole time I was talking to him that's one thing I love about the show is the smiling there are some guests that I think I'm gonna break my face that's that's the God's honest truth. I think I'm going to break my face because they have me smiling so much. They leave and I actually 
feel tired in my face because I've been laughing or smiling the whole time. Just a good time. See, he was a, a lot of fun, and he he was the first guest to do something with the fishbowl that I'd, I'd never seen before. He, uh, at the end, you know, we do three questions if you listen to the show. <clears throat> and so he reached in, he did one, he was like, this is fun, and he kept going. And I think he did like five or six questions out of the fishbowl. I think he could have stayed in that the whole episode. Uh, so anyway, it was a lot of fun, man lot of fun sometimes at the end of the show when i ask people you know did anything good happen today i've I've had this a lot of guests will say something like well this was good you know coming on this podcast and i've a few times had that weird ego thing where i go do they feel like i'm trying to bait or fish for like a compliment do you know what i mean like i'm asking them that question expecting them to say oh this was the good thing that happened today and uh, I'm not doing that, by the way. But it's a lot. It, I have had that thought, you know, and I wonder to the listeners if it's ever come off that way. Uh, let's see. Lyle's got something for us. He says, My job is closed. I'm still getting paid and get time to spend at home with my family. Comfort in times of uncertainty. Amen to that. There are some people that work for companies that are able to do that. And I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about that. I can imagine that there was immediate fear. You know, Chef Lyle, you know, he, he works at the casino. Well, I mean, he's a chef at the casino, though. And you're talking about restaurants and casinos shut down. I mean, overnight, done. Right? I mean, imagine what that must feel like. I mean, I don't, that hasn't happened to me. Now, granted, I have had a client that is connected to that industry that's kind of pulled back. I mean, like 95% pulled back for a for an undetermined amount of time. That definitely hits your your bottom line. So there's fear there, obviously. But I don't want to stay in that fear. Got to make the best out of it. You know, got to got to do the best we can do. So that is a blessing. That's a wonderful blessing. In fact, you know, just some of the people out in our community, that's one of the things I've noticed online. If I can just pat everybody on the back, all the churches and just individuals who have stepped up to do live things like this where they can just hang out with people, give people some human connection, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here, too. I can't offer you, you know, music i don't play music uh, i i can't offer you any kind of structured thing all i can offer you is companionship the same way i would offer that to anybody who came and sat at the table to find the good news now granted i definitely want to hear from you guys tonight though because uh you don't want to just listen to me go on and on about what's coming up because then this will just turn into a bunch of announcements but yeah way to that's a great share lyle i really appreciate you saying that because I mean, I can imagine that probably was a big sigh of relief. And the fact that you can just focus on your family right now, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. I I do see where some of the stores, you know, they've made adjustments. Um, Some of them are even doing those little open early hours for the elderly or or their, um, their proxy to go in and do some shopping for them. I don't know exactly which stores. I can't remember now at the moment, but that's a big blessing. I will say that I... I I know there's a lot of fear out there, but one of the things I think that we should really all work on is having compassion right now. A hundred percent, because that's what's going to save us. The compassion's what's going to save this world anyway. 
That's what I, I fully 100% subscribe to that. There may be times where resilience and firmness are necessary, but I don't ever want to have to ball up a fist in this world. I think that if we if we can we we gotta lift each other up, cradle each other more, see the other as yourself. I mean, when I listen to somebody at the table, you know, for the podcast, I try to put myself in their shoes. I don't know where they're going. I mean, I, there's so many things I've heard, the places people come from, the things that uh, gave birth to their mission in life or whatever service they're providing, whatever call they've been called to. I mean, look, there's there's people that have to do some really hard stuff that have been on that show. Or they face some hard stuff, too, not just having had to do something day to day. But some people have really been through some really painful things. But this common thing that I keep seeing over and over and over is resilience of love and mercy and goodness. The people who have been through the hardest things seem like they're the ones that come out the other side with this passion for sharing something with other people. And maybe that sharing something is pulling people out of slavery, like Rusty, you know? Or maybe that something is teaching people how to find the same gift that they found, like Mike Brignac, you know? Listen to his story, you know? He's, now Mike shares that with other people. I mean, maybe some of these stories, if you've listened to the show, some of these people were just straight up abused as children. And look at how they go out and love their community. And the things they're willing to share, they know that by sharing those wounds with other people, they're connecting with those other people out there who go, hey, I have those wounds too. I got wounds I'm not talking about. Or I've got wounds that nobody's ever put their hands on. You know, nobody's ever put an ear towards me. Nobody's ever just opened the door of their, their heart and let me sit in there by whatever little fire they've got going for just a little while. And all that I just said is really kind of the idea of finding the good news, honestly. I mean, I guess tonight that's kind of what I'm doing, too, is just inviting you to come sit by the, by the fire, you know, with me. That kind of imagery is really powerful for me. And if you follow me online, a lot of what I say tends to tends to orbit that, or, or exist within that that uh, exist within that sort of biodome of language. I don't know what the heck I'm even talking about, but <laughs> the idea of a warm fire and friendship and people coming together around a glow. You know, we're drawn to it as human beings. I mean, our ancestors were drawn to fire. It was safety. And that's why I think sometimes love feels like a good warm fire. I love I loved the imagery of a small tent and someone coming out of the woods to join you at a fire and just sit around, total strangers, but then end up becoming comrades. Even if you're from different places, you know, and come from different worlds, fire draws you together. So I guess in a way, I, I do kind of envision find the good news as a warm fire. And I hope the people, I hope all of you, I hope when you listen to that show, you, uh, I hope that when you listen to it that you feel that way too. Like you're, you're sitting at a table with friends. Hot cup of coffee can be a warm fire, you know. 
I mean, it used to feel like a warm fire to me with my friends when I was in high school. I mean, we went camping a lot, and maybe, maybe that's why I feel that way. Maybe it's because that's the experience I had. You know, I was loved and accepted. And yeah, we all had different opinions, but we still laughed and cried together, and we were still there for each other. There were there. If I really am being honest, there's truth in saying that there were times when I really felt like the same as my friends. And what I mean by that is when they hurt, I hurt. And that 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 there's value in that. I want to have that with everybody. I mean, I think that's that's a gift that we should all really uh, work on. You know, it's just uh, just loving people as yourself. That's hard. It's such a universal mandate. You know, cross-cultural, cross-religious, religion, whatever you believe, whatever your race, you're going to find some version of that teaching. Love others as you love yourself. Um, the part about that, that the part for that that's always was hard for me was loving myself. You know, I could be myself, but I don't know that I loved myself. And just recently, actually, I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if you guys follow me on Facebook or not, but uh, Rabbi Rami Shapiro has a podcast called Conversations on the Edge. Wonderful, wonderful podcast. I love Rabbi Rami Shapiro. I would recommend that to anybody, even if you're you're not religious or spiritual, or you don't know what the heck you believe. You don't believe anything. You're uh, a humanist or an atheist. I would still encourage listening to Rabbi Rami Shapiro's podcast, Conversations on the Edge. And this last episode that I listened to, his guest said something that just stuck. And I'll spare you the whole episode. Just go go follow my page and find it. I posted it. But she went through a really hard time in her life, a lot of loss, divorce, and was really just crushed, you know? And I mean, getting right back to the heart of this whole conversation. And she woke up one morning and she just put her, just got off the edge of the bed and put her hand on her heart. It was her birthday, actually. If I remember the story right, it was her birthday. She just sat on the edge of her bed, she put her hand on her heart. And I don't, I'm not, I don't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'm messing this all up. But she said, I love you, Janie. I love you, Janie. Or good morning, Janie. That's what it was. Good morning, Janie. And she noticed that that like completely broke the routine she had been in. She realized in that moment that she had not been loving herself. And so the next morning, she added... I love you to that. She got up. She just put her feet off the bed. And instead of just getting right into her day, she touched her heart and she said, Good morning, Janie. I love you. And God, I'm going to cry even right now just thinking about it. I mean, because when she, I heard her tell that story, I could relate to that story. I could relate to that. And she said she wept. It was like her heart cracked open. Now, isn't that something? Self-love, just that, that little piece of self-love pierced through that hard shell that she had been living in and all this love for herself it sounds so selfish when you say it without really exploring where it comes from you know it could just sound like a total ego thing oh I love myself so much and it could probably go there 
but that's not the type of self-love that um, that's not the type of self-love that she was talking about she was talking about necessary self-love you know there's something and I, I'm gonna get off into what probably speaking a language that that's the way I believe things and the way I frame my world but there's something sacred and divine going on there I like to think that it was some divine or higher version of herself that we all I believe have that was looking back on her and embracing her allowing her to be held by herself and that seems kind of strange but I, that's the way I framed it and so yeah in the mornings I've been trying to do that as part of my meditation practice uh, I don't do it exactly the same way that she described but getting up and just saying I love myself enough to give myself time on my meditation cushion with a candle. That seems so simple. I love myself enough to spend time contemplating something more than what's going to go on in the world of work. Something higher. Those are all good things for me. They may not be the exact same things for you, but I have to learn I've had to learn to look at myself with love. And really what I'm finding in doing is it does help me love other people. It helps me see them with compassion because when I can look at my stuff and see myself with compassion, I, I learn to look at them the same way. So anyway, that kind of gets into that loving the other as the self category. There's some kind of beautiful uh, atom and nucleus you know, with the nucleus and, and uh, protons and neutrons and all this stuff just swirling around. It all has to work together. You know, I can't just go out there. I feel like if I go out to the world, which I'm bad about doing, you can just pour yourself out and pour yourself out and pour yourself out. And maybe maybe you guys aren't like that. I don't know. But for me, if I pour myself out, I, I, can, I eventually get deplenished. Uh, depleted, not deplenished. I made up a word. Uh, <laughs> I get depleted. And I have to replenish that depletion. I never realized that self-love was one way to do that. It's interesting. Um, anyway, I definitely encourage that. And I hope you guys see that when you listen to the show. So I will talk about some things that are coming up. But I'm still waiting on you guys to share your blessings in there. What you found. What, what good happened with you today. But uh, my next guest, Eugenie Tullis. It's a great conversation. She's another guest of the show that was recommended by a past guest of the show. And that's such a wonderful process as well, guys. I mean, I do go out and seek people for the show, but I love those recommendations. I, there's nothing more exciting. And it used to maybe not be this way at first when I was building the show. Uh, one thing I had in the back of my mind was I wanted it to be something that people could give away to somebody they cared about. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. If there's somebody that you know that's doing something good and in the back of your mind you, you feel like you notice it but maybe nobody's really given them that pat on the back or that, that little, you know, like I said earlier, that little lift up, that little cradle. I wanted Find the Good News to be the kind of thing where you could go, you know what, I can give that person a pat on the back by recommending them for this show. Well, it has sort of become that. 
and the excitement has, has been very surprising. You know, I'm always sort of self-deprecating, like, oh, nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to go for this. Nobody's going to want to listen to this. With Find the Good News, out of all the things I've done, I've just kind of let that go. It's one of the most free things I've ever created or been involved with because I just said I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, it feels good. It's good for me. It seems like it's good for other people, and I'm just going to keep making it. You know, there's no... Uh, there's no level to hit. There's no status to acquire. Um, it's just to do it because it's the good thing to do. That all being said, when I do go out and contact somebody that someone else recommended for the show and they respond positively, I don't know. I get this big thrill. And I can't wait to meet them. I mean, most of the time I don't know much about them. You know, every once in a while I'll, I'll know a, a little bit, but uh, for the most part I don't know the folks that have been on the show before they walk in the door. A lot of them. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to go through the process of helping someone get comfortable. Lord knows I have used to suffer with social anxiety and I really, I wouldn't say I suffer with it, but I still have it. I have to work through it. But um, I guess and maybe that's why when people come in on the show I immediately want to uh, lean into the role of the comforter and try to put them at ease and let them get a feeling for how the show is going to be. And that's another reason why we don't have a hard opening on the show. If, if you're a listener you know uh, the beginning of the show kind of trails into the middle of a starts in the middle of a conversation most of the time, so it's a lot of fun to do it that way. And sometimes I don't even know where I'm going to end up editing that start point. But what I found with folks is they like that better too. It's not this rigid, structured, you know. Okay, three, two, one, and go. You know, we just we just walk in like normal. I'm, I've framed it like it's a blind date. You know, I tell people this: just treat it like it's a blind date. You know, we don't know each other, maybe a little bit, and somebody's put us together to sit down and have uh, a conversation. But uh, yeah, when people when people come in, I they actually genuinely now seem excited to be on the show. I don't get as many questions about what is this or what's it about every once in a while, but for the most part now, after a year or year and a few months, uh, most people can go take a quick look and go, oh. I want to do this. That's something else I wanted the show to be. It was something that people wanted to do. Uh, I don't want it. To, I never wanted it to be just another uh, another stop in the media rounds. You know, it's new. It's a podcast in our market. There's not that many, so people are still getting used to it. But I never wanted it to be just another stop. You know, it's like, well, you got to do this magazine, and then you got to do this radio station, and you got to do the put a YouTube video out, and you got to do all this stuff, and find the good news. You got to do that. I just wanted this to be something special, and so far I feel like it has been. Uh, so yeah, Eugenie, back to her. She's one of those special people that somebody recommended. You know, and I really didn't know what to what to expect. I really, honestly. Out of all of my guests that have been on the show, I think hers was probably the coldest in the sense that I didn't really know a lot about her. And I couldn't do my normal little cyber investigation. You know, I went to kind of get a vibe off of what is it she does exactly. 
and I never could quite put my finger on it, but I knew that we had some kind of camaraderie and I knew that I, I would use the word allies. I could tell that we were, we were going to be allies and, uh, yeah, she came in. It was just this real dynamic, loving, honest conversation. You know, so I think you guys are going to really like that. That's something I, I hope that y'all will see in this time of social distancing that we're really not all that distant from each other. I hope you feel like when you're listening to the show that you're hanging out, you know, with these with these people, that you're involved in the conversation in a way. And if nothing else, that your uh, your heart's invested in the conversation. Super important to me that you you know that when I'm putting my heart into those conversations that I'm inviting you to put your heart into. Sometimes, if I'm being honest, I will intentionally go places that are even a little bit painful. There's stuff, I mean, there's stuff that I don't want to tell. I mean, everybody's probably got something. Maybe not, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody. Sure, there's stuff I don't want to say, or I'd go, well, it'd be better if people didn't know this. I mean, who wants to tell this? But every once in a while when I'm talking to a guest, I sense that there's something that's going on in me that I can, something super tender and completely unprotected, something painful even, that I've got hiding or tucked away in this little cabinet labeled, you know, do not touch. But I can sense that that thing in that little cabinet is the thing I need to pull out and take that risk. And I'm not even going to say it's calculated. It's not calculated. It's just I know that it's there. I know it's painful. I know it connects to that person. And if I put it out there, it allows this sort of safe space to grow, to enhance. And then they can then go, oh, you know what? I can go a little further. And a lot of times that's when the beauty of the conversation really emerges. Like the energy will change at the table. And then time just sort of disappears a lot of times with people. We get uh, in uh, entangled with each other. That's the best way I can describe it. It's definitely some kind of cosmic entanglement that's going on with some people at that table. Um, so yeah... Be, be ready to listen for that one and then uh, gosh I can't remember everybody I've recorded so many and I have several pre-recorded so that's good we don't have to have a lot of contact with people right now you should have you should have an episode a week for quite a while um, and then the next next one that I'm kind of really looking forward to is going to come out on April 1st and so I'm going to plug another podcast here and if you follow me on social media again you will um you will see me post links to these shows that I'm talking about. I mean, look, let me just say this too. I don't share stuff that I don't uh, think you'll enjoy or get something out of. Yeah, every once in a while I might put a saucy opinion out there, and I have a tendency to uh, profess a lot on Facebook and social media, but I still do try to put things out there that are of value, or at least things that I perceive to be of value. This particular podcast is of high value. It's actually in my top five, if not my favorite, actually, in the wisdom category. Um, it's called the Classical Ideas Podcast. And, you know, I don't know how you guys look up podcasts or how you find them. I can tell you what the way I end up finding new stuff to listen to is typically I'm looking up a subject. And I think with that podcast, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly, but I think I was looking up 
podcast about the Tao Te Ching. And, you know, when you search podcasts, a lot of times it'll just pull up specific episodes of different shows with those, whatever you're searching in the uh, page notes. And so his this show popped up, and it was an episode about the Tao Te Ching. And so I, I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is a pretty good show. I mean, it was well done. It was well put together, and uh, great content. The host, he did a great job. And so I thought, well, I'll give another episode a chance. And as I went through, sort of going through his shows, and I still haven't finished them all. There's over 150 episodes. <clears throat> he, uh, I realized this is one of my favorite shows. He covers so much ground in the religion and philosophy world, and he brings guests on that are unique. It's not just some of the same people that you've seen that are making the rounds. I mean, he covers everything. And so what I've discovered after listening to his show and picking up the the clues of, of when he would speak to different guests is that he was a religion and philosophy teacher, a high school teacher. And so the, he, he had been teaching an elective class for seniors, I believe, uh, senior, maybe juniors too. I think seniors and juniors. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And uh, so what he was doing is he was get, getting speakers to come in, whatever religion they happened to be studying at that time, he would get a speaker to come in to talk to his class. <clears throat> and then he started realizing, well, I want to connect the parents too so they know what we're teaching the kids or what we're talking about in class. So he started recording his conversations with the guest. And then that was something that the parents could then engage with, which created a dialogue between the parents and the kids, which I think is really smart to create a resource for the parents that they would enjoy allowing them to connect at home together over multicultural uh, information. It's wonderful, wonderful. I mean, there's just so much uh, value to that, I thought. And so once I kind of began to put that together, I don't know how this happened. Like Twitter is one of those wonderful places where you connect with people and you go, how in the world did I ever get connected to them? But somehow I made a comment on his Twitter page and we got to talking and he realized I had a podcast. And so I invited him on Find the Good News because I wanted him to tell his story. You know, how did this all come to be? Because it's such a wonderful thing that he's doing out there in the world. So we hooked it up on we did the, we did one of the phone interviews for our Beacon series, which I don't know if you guys know about the Beacon series, but with that particular series of Find the Good News, I'm going out to places that are not in Southwest Louisiana. I'm getting people who are doing good works in the country and in the world, and I mean, hopefully, what I'm my ultimate goal is to grow that portion of the show, you know, to where I'm bringing in conversations uh, 50-50. You know, we're getting half of them will be from people here at home, but also as a service to the people here at home in, in the vein of what uh, Classical Ideas Podcast is doing. I would also bring in things to our community that maybe we're not getting exposed to. So anyway, he, he and I hooked that up. We did a, It was a wonderful episode. I had a lot of fun. It was really instant rapport for me. Um, I, I feel like he probably has a, a good rapport with everyone. I won't speak for him and say that he had the same thing with me, but I did sense that there was some camaraderie there because I'm highly interested in religion and philosophy. So uh the subject matter was just sort of in my in my universe so to speak you know i really really something i could cut my teeth on i enjoyed it a lot so i think you guys are going to really like that and and then he really is helping find the good news out because he uh he is going to post the episode through his network as well and he has a really a, a much broader network than i do his shows older and uh, his content i think is a little more 
um, palatable or, or maybe not palatable. It's, uh, it's more specific. So if you're looking for religion and philosophy, you know to go to a podcast like his. With Find the Good News, we're covering sort of this uh, anything and everything. So you may find an episode that's in your wheelhouse, and then the rest of them may not ever uh, connect with you. But I think there's possibly always that human element to connect to on Find the Good News. I know I've connected with everybody, and I think that uh, potentially anybody could do that. Um, past that, I've had some uh, Chase Bonin. Chase was in here earlier. I don't know if he's still in here or not, but Chase, uh, he's with the late Charles comedy scene, and that was a lot of fun too because I, I love stand-up comedy. And you know, I, I hate to, I hate that I've been so ignorant to not realize that uh, there was a comedy scene here in late Charles. I mean, that just shows you how you can learn something new every day. And we had to really just had a really good conversation. I, I really enjoyed that talk quite a bit. Um, I definitely want to go check out some comedy, some local comedy. And it's good to know that there's a scene. So maybe once all this, uh, when we don't know when, but whenever we finally do flatten this curve, as they've been saying, you know, through this social distancing, I can get out there and, uh, go check out some of these things that a lot of the guests have been talking about. So I really definitely, I hope you guys will, I hope you'll tune in for all of those episodes. I have been making a conscious effort to keep the episodes shorter. Um, I do still consider Find the Good News a long-form podcast, but I definitely want to make it something that you don't have to invest in for days and days. I know that some of the earlier episodes you know, may have went into the three- and four-hour territory, and I'm not going to say that's never going to happen again, but... Uh, I am making a conscious effort to keep the meat and potatoes of the conversation within the first hour and then move into the fishbowl a little more consciously and uh, spend the next part of the show on that. Because the fishbowl, you know, those are some funny questions in there, but some of that stuff's stuff's heavy, you know? Some of it's real heavy. I mean, gosh, sometimes I I put, when people pull those questions out, I wonder how and what in the world are they going to do with this question because I'm sitting there looking at them going, I don't know what I would say to that. So, um, yeah, so that that part takes about 30 minutes. So, I mean, I think an hour and a half is a, a fairly good good sized podcast. It's comfortable. Granted, like I said, I won't put any. Uh, I'm not going to force it to end at that time. The other thing I, I would always say, if you're a fan of the show, please tell me what you'd like to see. Um, I'm still changing the show. I mean, it's a little over a year old, but if you go back and listen from the beginning to now, you'll definitely see that I've uh, I've tweaked it, you know, the structure of it, and I'm always open to experiment with it. I mean, I want to keep the overall mission the same, which is to find good news about good people doing good works and share that. But, you know, beyond that, as far as the structure of the show, I believe it's definitely malleable. You know, one of the things that I wish I could do, and I think that would come in time, maybe when the show has has even more legs or more stability, is I'd like to be able to let you know who's going to be on the show ahead of time. That way you can submit questions to the guests, and I can have a section where I read some questions from the listeners. You know that work, and again, that's just something I've heard on other podcasts, and I enjoy it. But the only thing I would say about that is, 
a lot of the podcasts that I'm listening to where they're doing that, those people are like actors or musicians or, or something like that. And so those people, everybody knows who they are. They maybe heard a song, then they, they have a favorite album, they've got a favorite book, whatever it may be. They can kind of jump in there, you know, and ask the this famous person these questions. Uh, most of my guests, which was part of the allure of the show, I think, is that they're just common folks. You know, we're all just people out here trying to be people. And uh, we're all super special in the fact that we're really all not so special. And that's kind of beautiful. Um, so anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. I've been yakking for about an hour now. Sorry about the technical difficulties at the beginning. I don't really know what caused that. I hope this has been a good experience for you guys. Uh, I do see I got I got Kyle here. Let's see. Kyle saying, reflecting on what we can control and using the present time. Continuing, continue to be the best version of ourselves for the benefit of others around us. He's had multiple conversations today that just left him feeling blessed and refreshed, even in the midst of this uncertainty. Amen to that. You know, yeah, the part right there that really jumps out for me with what Kyle said is had multiple conversations today. That's I'm I mean, if you just say right say that, I also had multiple conversations today. I had some through email. I had some on the phone. I had some through text. I'm having this conversation with you guys. And I've listened to some podcasts today, which is kind of, I feel like, I know that's strange, but I feel like I'm in a conversation, even though I'm not talking. I'm observing one. Everything is about that, and we're going to have multiple interactions. That's one of the things, that this word social distancing, I know we all know what it means right now, but I think it's also like this... Uh, there's something insidious underneath it that if we're not careful, I think it plants something in your brain. You say social distancing, and it has this sort of vibe about it, like we're all separate. We're all out here on our own. We're all just sort of, you know, don't don't connect. And that's just not true. One of my missions with this show was to retool social media and use these tools for good to connect people and to put plug people into other people that are doing good so they can get a little bit of that goodness off of them and vice versa. We have all these wonderful tools. So yeah, I had a text and I had emails and I listened to podcasts. Were they good? Some of them may not have been, but am I always thinking, how can I use that tool? How can I use that tool for good? You know? I see Angie, Angie Manning in here. She's a great example of that. Angie and I communicate through email all the time. And, you know, I'll tell you, there's something different. Sometimes it's about a project. And she'll have the project, you know, in the subject line or whatever. But sometimes the subject line will just say, hey, brother. Even if it's about a project, I love that. I've always loved that. I want to do that, too. And I try to do that. Because if it's always clinical... It takes your humanity away. So clinical. So by the numbers. There's no room for your personality. There's no room for you to be anything but just a, a piece in this human machine. This economy, which is sort of like a religion into itself. Just plug in and shut up. Don't show any of that human stuff. Don't show any of that color. 
I don't subscribe to that. I don't want to be that. And I know we have to do that on some things. We have to be resilient and do it, right? <laughs> but man, when when something like just like Angie right there writes brother, brother in a, in the subject line of an email, even if it's a if it's clinical and about a project, I know she sees me as a human being. She's your brother. Hey, brother, come on. That's beautiful. I love that. Kyle's that way, too. You know, Kyle's somebody I communicate with all the time. And, yeah, we have to do things for work and for business-related, but he always takes that time to send me a text or shoot me a side email. Let me know he's thinking about me. It's good stuff. We're still people. We don't have to... And that, and I don't also don't subscribe to you know business is business and friends is friends. I've never loved that at all. <laughs> I actually can't stand that. I think it's all the same. We got to be able to get to a point in this world and amongst ourselves where we see each other as people. You know, this guy on the street that I see that maybe my heart's filled with judgment towards for whatever reason, my little brain's ticking and structuring them up and sizing them up and putting them in a little container. Man. I gotta break through that. That guy's my brother. <laughs> that guy's my brother. That's hard, isn't it? And so you get people like Angie and Kyle, they pop in there, they drop that little bit of human human into the email or the text or whatever. So these tools, man, you can inject all of that stuff with your humanity. I, I advocate it 100%. I wish everybody did. If everybody did that, man, what a wonderful world that would be. Then you wouldn't dread those emails that were super clinical because it wouldn't happen. Everybody go, oh, you're a human too. Yep, we're all in this together. You're not an other anymore. You're my brother. Love that. I see Rusty popped in here. He's got a, he's got something he's grateful for today. Something good. He said he got to show a family that he doesn't live with that it's still better to still do good and help people in spite of what's going on in the world. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. I, I totally agree. Doing good does not have to be... God, man, it shouldn't be the oddity. <laughs> it shouldn't be the oddity. You know? We shouldn't have to work so hard to elevate it. But doggone, man. Yeah, there's a tide out there of some real tough stuff. Real rough stuff. And I know I got it easy compared to most. So if I got it easy, I think I think uh, I have a duty to do something good. You know, use whatever skills you've got. Use what you've got. I've always loved that saying. I don't know where I read it. I think I read it in a Jason Bourne novel. Actually, it was one of his philosophies. Of course, his was <laughs> geared towards violence. Use what you've got in a fight. Whatever. If it's a rolled-up magazine or a pen, I think. But I loved the philosophy, use what you have. What do you have? What do you have in your life? You know, why am I sitting here talking to you? I ain't, I'm nobody. I'm just some guy. I got no formal training to be talking about goodness and, and any of the stuff I'm talking about. I don't have any kind of letters behind my name. I'm just some guy, but I know how to do this. I've, I've, I have these tools, so that's what I've got. So I'm trying to use what I've got. And I hope you guys will uh, use what you've got, too. And I hope you'll keep listening to Find the Good News. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I kind of threw this thing together. 
but I'm going to do a little more pre-planning. If you like this, really let me know, okay? And we'll do it again. I hopefully, hopefully we can put something together ahead of time. I can have some questions prepared. I may play the fishbowl here on the show, I, uh, on this show, Coffee Talk. I think that would be really fun to do. I've never actually got to dive in the fishbowl before and, and have pull the questions out. So maybe it'd be good for everybody who pops in to play along. You know, maybe so there's a question in that fishbowl that had you not uh, heard it, you wouldn't be able to have explored uh, something inside yourself. Go be an explorer inside yourself, especially right now. Explore inside yourself. Light a flame. Go looking in the dark. Put some light on some of that ugly stuff. Share some of it with somebody. Let them share something back. Get out there and find the good. Thank you, guys. With the movement of a merry-go-round You always finish back where you start So accustomed to the spinning all around